Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everyone. As you can see, Joel Conan has stepped away, but he'll be back. Spencer Israel, Dennis Dick here with you this morning. First off, everyone, before I even get started, just go ahead and hit that like button. It takes two seconds. It's the little thumbs up thing right there on YouTube. Just hit it real quick so I don't have to bug you about it ever again, or at least until tomorrow. Uh, it's earnings season. What can I say? Earnings, earnings, and more earnings. We had Google. We had Microsoft last night. Uh, we had AMD. We had uh, Starbucks, uh, we had Boeing this morning, Shopify, Spotify this morning, uh, tonight, Apple, Facebook. So we are in the thick of it now. We're going to cover as many of these as we can. Uh, We will also talk about Tesla, which had a 10Q out overnight. Some interesting things in there. There he is. Welcome back, Joel. Our guest today, Gil Morales, author of the Gilmo Report and runs the Virtue of SelfishInvesting.com. We'll be on at 8.35. Uh, let's go ahead and bring Joel's charts up and have him update us on how we're doing in the pre-market session. Mr. Joel, well, welcome back. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, Perry uh, Perry thinks Lisa's home because uh, she was home this morning. Uh-huh. And then uh, Lisa went to, left to go swimming. So uh-huh. Perry still thinks she's here. So uh-huh. she's just barking up a storm. So I took her upstairs, downstairs. So sorry about the interruption. I, 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 thought maybe, I, thought, I thought maybe you were in the pool still. I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. Now that Lisa's turn on Wednesday. So if I have to bolt, it's just because the Perry's making a lot of noise here. Uh, nice range in the S&P, 10 points exactly. Whew, boy, oh boy. Look at that resistance up there. Forget about the interday high from yesterday. Big, big number up top. We got to clear. Uh, currently trading down a buck at 41.78 crude up 63 cents at 63.57 gold repelling off 1800 down 14.70 at 17.64.10 silver ooh back under 26 down 53 and a half cents at 25.91 and a half and quiet range for bitcoin only a couple g's there uh up 35 dollars at 54,825 uh, Triple D, uh, you got to go over the explanation once again on why Microsoft is down because it's just I want people to see the way you think and what you're processing in those moments after crazy earnings reports. Um, okay, so one thing to understand is when you're open from 930 to 4 o'clock, 
it's very easy for the market making algorithms to just quickly calculate where all 500 stocks of the S&P are or all 100 stocks of the QQQ are and you know and then make a market around that price you know literally because everything's opening look at the bids and the ass and you can see where you know exactly the QQQ should be once you get past four o'clock it becomes a different animal because it becomes a little bit more of a guessing game you have active markets in Apple you have active markets in some of the bigger names but, you know, half of the components don't have much of a market at all. I mean, it starts to get very wide when you start going, you know, especially in the S&P and you get bottom 250. It starts to go wide. So it's a little bit more of a guessing game. So some HFT algos go right off. They don't want to trade after 4 o'clock because they can't get the calculation. There's other ones that are more aggressive that ballpark it. I ballpark it. Um, I'm one of those that ballparks it. So you don't know exactly where the S&P and the QQQ should be relative to the 500 stocks because there's 300 that don't have much of a market. But they're smaller. You can kind of grab the top 10, you know, which is 25%, right, Joel? Is it 25 yep. or 30%? Yep. Um, and, and it gives you an idea. you got a ballpark figure. So what happens is when you get one major company that reports like Google – that is significant. And in the Qs, in the S&P, I think it's about 3.9%. Just going off the top of my head, don't quote me on these numbers. And I think in the Qs, it's about 7.1. So it's significant. Google, that's that's adding both Google and Google together. So it's significant. So it's going to have an impact directly. Just that one stock is going to impact it when that stock gets a significant move. So last night, right after the bell, Google reports, blows it away. It immediately rallies 100 points. Shh. A hundred bucks. So it's about four and a half percent. It just pops. Boom. Four and a half percent. Okay. Spies QQQ has got to adjust. But again, you don't have as many high frequency traders online. You also have the, you know, the guessing game. It doesn't adjust as quickly as it does at 359 or 358 when all the components are open. It adjusts a little bit slower. So, and because of the ballpark game, so you'll see a movement, but it's not in microseconds. It's in seconds. It's a little bit slower. It's delayed. So Google reports goes up 100 points. What does that mean for the queues? Well, if, if Google's up 100 points, which is roughly 4%, you take the 7.1% that it is of the queues, it's roughly a buck 20 move in the queues. So the queues got to move up a buck 20 just to account for Google. Queues start trying to rally. They're up like 40 cents on the initial print, but they're not up enough. So they've got to you know, continue to go. What happens as the queues are trying to adjust up is Microsoft reports. So Microsoft, you know, drops it in 30 seconds after the Google report. They went bang, bang. So if you're an ARB, there's one of two things. You can keep trying to buy the QQs. You're, you, you know, the, the algos aren't, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're holding and juggling a lot of balls there. But the Microsoft report was pretty decent. The problem is that they want to rally Microsoft on it now. The QQQs are going to have to go even more because we got to go up buck 20 just to make up for Google because Google's here now and the Qs are here. So there's upward pressure on the queues because of Google, but it needs to go a lot more. And if you put more upward pressure on a Microsoft good report, the queues got to really explode. But the queues have other offers out there. There's other, you know, natural liquidity out there as well. So it's not going to get to that point as easy. So what is easier is just to turn around and slam Microsoft. <laughs> and that's what happens. And we see this. I, I've talked about this, you know, in the queues, tech components and non-tech components, which I have a full list. There's 21 non-tech components in the queues. And you'll see on these big days where you got tech really ripping, the non-tech components of the queues get hammered because it's trying to make up for the difference in the index. It all has to add up to, you know, at four o'clock, you know, or when, or when the market opens at 930, it all has to add up. The numbers have to add up.
So all I'm saying is the adjustment, it puts actually pressure on Microsoft. So one of two, so two things happen. One, Google absolutely blew it away. Two is they announced a $50 billion buyback. So it's like Google is solid. <laughs> so now immediate bar raise for Microsoft because Google really blew it away. And we know it's, you know, they're all linked together, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Facebook. They all kind of track each other to a certain extent. So immediate bar raise, which the bar, which Spinner was pointing out, was already high for Microsoft. It was even higher 10 seconds after. after. And now it's even beat. higher because of the ETF effects. So they naturally kind of want to hit Microsoft just because the queues aren't up enough for Google yet. So they turn around and what do they do? They slam Microsoft and the queues just come right back in. So that's the easiest, you know, that's the market making mechanics and the ETF effects that are happening behind the scenes that the major media will never talk about because they don't understand it. One, they're not a market maker. We, I am an after hours market maker. I trade this stuff. I trade the ETF effects. So I can tell you, I'm not guessing that this is happening. This happens. This is, you know, what is actually happening behind the scenes. This is, you know, what the algos are, are doing behind the scenes. You know, those QQQ non-tech components get slammed on a big tech day because of the ETF effects. Walmart, or, or you, you can get into, you know, diff, different ones too. I don't want to take it away from it. But all I'm saying is that when you have two major S&P QQQ components that report at the exact same time, it's hard for them to both go in the actual same direction because it is so much push on the indexes and there's countering effects there. So Microsoft, a bit of a victim of Google's raised bar and the ETF effects. And also you talk about the liquidity in stocks and stuff. Google, I mean, after hours is probably, I mean, you know, a couple thousand dollar, uh, you know, 25, 24 high price stock. The liquidity is not there as much. Probably who oh, else wants to sell it? You know, who wants to, I mean, that thing. And I, and I thought about it, you know, after it had it ripped and I'm just, then it came back and it was down less than a hundred. And I was, when I got this morning, I'm like, man, I bet you, Bet you Google's up over a hundred bucks. Like, who is going to sell this thing? So, uh, great explanation there. And uh, let's just take a look at these. A lot of know. people don't believe that, and they don't want to believe that the ETFs have that much influence. I oh, bet you, if we asked Tim this question on Monday, I bet you he'll say, "Oh boy, you are right. There is a lot of ETF effects that are happening on stocks. You know, they're all linked together because of ETFs. With the market that we were in twenty years ago, Joel was much different." Because you had, you know, mutual funds, closing funds. These weren't, they, they didn't have the creation redemption, you know, mechanism that were yeah. coming in and out where you can actually create the basket, then deliver it, you know, to the issuer and, you know, get the stock or, and, and get the index back. I mean, the, the creation redemption wasn't there 20 years ago. You know, it was done, you know, and obviously they're still, they still track, but it was more tracking error. It's not that way anymore. The tracking error is very minimal. So when you get these adjusted moves after hours, the indexes have to adjust to those prices. It all has to add up. So the ETF effects are real. Uh, Google, I mean, we're trading right at the highs of the pre-market session, up almost $120. I'll just give you a high here, and it doesn't look like it's backing off yet. Uh, 24.32.54. I mean, that's it. But look at this. It's like it's bid at 24.20. Uh, we looked at Microsoft. Uh, just 
I know I looked at the numbers uh, before, and it did have a double bottom at 260 for the last two sessions. So it gets anywhere near 260. I think that's going to be big resistance. And I don't think – I mean, the way this spike down here, I don't think you're going to see this. Pre- I don't think you're going to get to see it as low as 251.39. So maybe a couple days of chop and slop between like 252 and 258, and then – make its mind up which way it wants to go. New all-time high yesterday, street leaning the wrong way into the report, um, and now just digesting the information. So wait, I mean, it was a great report, and you got multiple firms raising price targets here this morning. I'm fully long both of these stocks, Google and Microsoft. Um, Google's one of the biggest positions. I've had it forever. I don't plan on getting rid of it. I mean, they're firing all cylinders, YouTube. Spencer, do you have anything to say specific on the specific report? Uh no, that we uh, yeah. Well, you mentioned the uh, the buyback from Google. I mean, YouTube is just a, a monster. It's because of us. It, it is because of us. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, you, YouTube revenue grew fifty percent. What a buy! What a buy! That unbelievable! That was. Unbelievable! If if they if YouTube was a a separate company. company where, where, if they never got bought and they were traded publicly, how much valuation would YouTube trade at? I mean, you've got it, it's definitely better than a lot of other of, of you know these Media. publicly yep. traded companies yeah. out there. You know, generating more revenue. I mean, it's you. I mean, where, what kind of valuation would it have? Just by itself, like okay, just just back out the YouTube. You know, what? How much revenue did it get in the quarter? Uh, uh, uh six billion. Six billion in the quarter. So can we roughly say easily say probably twenty billion to twenty five billion over the year just from YouTube revenue? Yeah. Uh and, reasonable. And, <laughs> and growing substantially. If you give that like a thirty times sales, thirty billion, three, so a hundred billion. And 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 they pay, and they bought it for one. A hundred billion, and that's a very conservative estimate. We know this market probably would trade at two hundred billion dollars, maybe just 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 the YouTube component. I mean, that, yeah, they bought it for one billion. They paid one billion for YouTube. Is that right? Yep. They're they? over there, Google man. Wow. So you know, one point five trillion. I would gather to say that you could say if YouTube, if they had spun off YouTube, or if they decide to spin off, not that they're going to do that. They, why would they do that? Why, if it was still a private, if it was, if it was still its own company, I think it'd be worth two hundred billion dollars in this market. Maybe more. You could maybe argue more. Maybe two hundred and fifty billion dollars. That's a cool twenty percent of the of the of Google's market. And now. you know what? You know what the best thing is for for them. How much do they spend on providing uh, on content? Uh, a fraction of everybody else. Well, uh, nothing. Nothing. They have our content. Everyone well, provides yeah. content to them. They, they're not. They're not the Netflix. Free content. Free no. content. No, I mean they do spend a little bit. They have some originals that they spend. Like what? Money. But they don't have okay. to. If they decided they just didn't want to produce any content at all, YouTube would still be loaded with content. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's exactly. a G, it's it's just an awesome business. It's an awesome, awesome business. That they only paid one billion dollars for that is just mind boggling. Yeah. Like what why year was, was that? not somebody else paying one point five billion for that or two billion for that? I mean, YouTube was cool right from the beginning. Yep. I mean, it really was. What year did they buy that? It was two thousand fourteen. No, it was no. No, oh, no, 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 no. It was 2006, and they paid 1.65 billion in Holy 2006. Cow. Yeah, what I know. It was purchase, a long time man. ago. They just, you know, and you know, you think of them as a search engine, but they just, you know, 
they, they just see, you know, with the big picture, the, the, the people at Google. Unbelievable purchase. So what unbelievable is- company. I, 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 I love the I love the company. I love the stock. I don't intend to sell it. What what happened to like uh, Alphabet, like getting companies from uh, every letter in the alphabet? That, well, the- I don't understand why they changed their official name to Alphabet. But that was one of the dumbest things they did. I don't know who was responsible for that. We all still call it Google. Does anybody call it Alphabet? I don't know. Is it still officially called Alphabet? I bring it up on my ticker screen. And it says Alphabet, yeah, so I must still be officially Alphabet. But I don't think anybody calls it Alphabet. That's the name of the company, and the thinking was that Google is Google is a product, and, and they wanted to get away from that. Right? They have. They didn't want it to be associated just with search. They're everything. They're like everything in the alphabet. Exactly. I get the um, thinking behind it. It's just a dumb. Thing. I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, the the question though, if it, if we can go back to the Google Microsoft discussion for a moment, is okay. So you explained the the the, the reason for the after hours move. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you though about uh, the open today and and how things could shake out at nine thirty? Because that's the, that that was brought up in the chat. Yeah. So it depends on the indexes, obviously, as well. Like right now, we're completely flat on spy, and and spy is maybe not the best example. QQQ is probably a better example. Because um, they're both bigger components in the queues. So, and queues are actively traded too. So, and the queues are trading down because of Microsoft. I mean, if you want to back out both, and a cleaner way to look at it too um, is to look at, I had a trader ask me, why is DIA down? Well, one, okay, so SPY has Google helping out, queues has Google helping out, DIA doesn't have Google helping out, and they all have Microsoft. So that's why you can clearly see, you know, yep. market down just because of Microsoft. Again, is it just the differences of knowing the holdings of the ETFs? So it, it, it's difficult to extrapolate. Um, it, it's difficult once you've traded for, you know, a number of hours. It's hard for Microsoft to just bounce. You've now had the media dump on it and saying, oh, this is why the expectations were too high. There's a plethora of fundamental reasons. Like I'll have, I have reporters call me every once in a while. If I started talking to them about ETF effects, their eyes would just kind of start to close <laughs> and they, you know, they don't want to, they, one, are not going to understand it. So they're not going to write about it. And then two is it's boring. They don't want to hear market making effects. And it doesn't sound like it can be possible. It sounds like, well, that's just stupid. That's not possible. It's not possible that, you know, and the cleanest example that I've given on this show lots of times is looking at those non-tech QQQ components, which will come into play tonight. So on the big earnings tech days, when you have Apple and Facebook reporting on the same day, so this is actually a good exercise uh, just so, you know, some people can learn. But let's just go back to the SPY. And I know I went away from your original question, Spencer. My, my, my real answer is Microsoft is kind of where it wants to be because of those ETF effects. You can tell. You can tell. Look it's it's, it's kind of where it in. wants to be. It's going to have a difficult time just bouncing back because the media dumped on it. It's going to have a hard time going effects. down, too. It's going to have a yeah. hard time going down, too. But if we look at SPY, Apple is 6% and Facebook's only 2 So that's 8% in two companies. So you, what you'll see is if, you know, an Apple's significant in the queues, if, oh, no, I'm sorry, I was going to the queues. Uh, I, I brought up SPY. I wanted to bring up the queues. So queues, Apple's 11%, very significant. Facebook is also a big chunk, not nearly as big. But Facebook is currently about 3.6%. So Apple being 11% of the index it's going to have a huge influence on the queues. And sometimes the queues just can't push it enough. So what do they do? They'll go to those non-tech components and they start slamming those because people don't even realize Pepsi is in the queues. Costco is in the queues. 
Um, Comcast, which is you know kind of techy, but not really, not really traded with the tech stocks, is in the queues. Mondelez, MDL Zebra, in the queues. Gilead, in the queues. CSX, there's a rail in the queues. People don't know that. These are your non-tech QQQ components. I think there's 21 or 22 of them that, and you know, you can say some are kind of techy, some are not techy. So you know, you can roughly say 20% of the index is really not tech. So when you get a you know Apple rallying hard, and then you get other tech stocks up in sympathy with Apple, it's going to you know push the queues, and if the queues can't get it up enough just after hours, they start hitting the non-tech components. WBA, um, I believe Walgreens Boots is still in the queues, which is a weird one to think about, but How it isn't. It wasn't there. In there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who makes these things. Up, Kraft Heinz is in the queues. You know, Kraft Heinz is in the queues. KHC, yeah, That's in the queues. Yep, All those stocks will will get hit when you see a significant rally in Apple after hours. So, you know, if you called up the CEO of Kraft Heinz and the stock falls, you know, let's say the stock falls, let's say Apple blows away. Just hype. This is just, I'm not saying Apple's going to blow it away. I'm just giving you a scenario analysis. Apple blows it away. It's going up significantly. You'll likely see put pressure on the Q's, MNST, all the non-tech components, uh, Keurig, Dr. Pepper's in there. And the media will say, oh, it's rotation. But it's actually ETF effects. It's not rotation. It's ETF effects because the queues need to have something going down. They can't have everything going up because it's probably not going to be able to push up enough if Apple and all tech is up. So you'll see those non-tech components go down. So uh, there, there's a trade to be made there, and you see it in the algorithms that a lot of times when Apple blows it away, there'll be pressure on those non-tech components. And there's a tradable, and it's a tradable event for those. Now, you could get caught up in the whipsaw. Apple might rally on the initial print and then start tanking, and then that trade would go the other way. But just know those stocks typically move in the opposite direction on these big earnings days. All right. Excellent. Excellent explanation there. And we've, we've talked – I mean, this is a topic we've covered before mm-hmm. um, when the markets were out of whack, uh, you know, during uh, last March and April. There was some real – you came up with some real good scenarios. Um, I make money from this stuff. Yeah, so I'm telling you how I make money. I don't make money looking at the, you no, know, I think on the chart it's breaking out and there's a cup and handle and I think it's going to go. I don't make any, I make zero dollars from that. I make zero dollars from pattern recognition. I make dollars from trends, knowing which stocks are strong and which stocks are weak. So that's where I feel like technical analysis is good. But, you know, looking at the patterns, I'm not sitting there. I, I'm, and just, you know, fun, you know, when I first started Bright Trading, because everybody that starts retail looks at charts, right, Joel? I mean, everybody, that's where you start. People it's still the easiest place to yep. start. Yep. So when I started break trading in 1999, I came in and I had, remember we had first alert and you could yeah. do, you could do patterns. You could do filters for patterns on the charts. So it literally could like, you know, type in cup and handle and it'll show you all the charts that are showing cup and handles. And I would buy all the ones that had cup and handles because I read these technical analysis books and these cup and handle patterns, they go up and I would buy all of these. How much money did I make in my first six months of trading? I lost money in my first six months of trading. What did I learn in my first six months of trading? Cup and handles don't work. That doesn't work. Not Maybe it works long term. Do you still have first you. alert? Do you still have that? No, uh, no, it's it's done now. First alert's gone. They kicked you it's off. Neo, uh, they're NeoVest now. NeoVest right. still has their, their legacy product, NeoVest it's called. But first right. alert is gone. I know I was one of the last people on first alert. I loved it. <laughs> But not for the pattern recognition. I loved it for the other filters. The but, filters, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. if you really think that you're going to get an edge from just looking at just the chart, there's 6 million other people doing that. Is that a real edge? 
it's you think you're going to look at that chart differently than the other six million people? It's it's a tool. It's one tool in your toolbox. And I know we have a lot of people out there that say all you need is technical analysis. I've seen hundreds of traders go through bright trading. I've never seen one trader long term successful just using just you know and day trading, day trading, day trading. Not talking, but day trading. Um, just using charts and that's it. It's it's difficult. You got to have other, you know, all of our successful traders, all of the day traders who are successful are all relationship-based, knowing relationships, understanding that if this does this, then this will happen to this stock. Huge edges in relationships. Talking about just a chart, though, it's tough to get an edge. And by all means, if you're making money using charts and that's it, keep doing it. You know, keep doing it. I'm not telling you not to do it. But if you're just starting, you're trying to find an edge and you don't get why, you know, I've got this cup and handle pattern and the stock went down. I, I think it's 50-50 on those. I don't think you're getting huge edges. Now, again, a stock in an uptrend trends tend, trend to hold. Like I say, I teach my technical analysis in 30 seconds. Do it right now. Support, resistance, and trends. That's it. No patterns, no moving averages, no death crosses, no golden crosses. That is all <laughs> junk in my opinion. Support, resistance, and trends. Know if your stock is strong. Know if it is weak. And that's pretty much the bulk of it. So I yep. look at my chart. I take a one-second analysis. This is a strong stock. This is a weak stock. I buy dips on strong stocks. I sell rips on weak stocks. That is how I do my technical analysis. Two, I've learned it from you, yep. I've learned it from you. We like the fibs. You know, we do like the 50% retracement. So we do like that too. But you keep your analysis very simple too when Joel does it. He loves his support and resistance as well. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a great explanation. Uh, should we... Move on to uh, well, I, AMD. I mean, yeah. this is somebody's saying VWAP. VWAP is really just fib retracements to a certain extent, too. Mean though reversion. I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's mean reverse. So if you're looking at the VWAP's following, but you know, you're always looking and pulling back. So Kenny, you know, is doing VWAP. It's kind of like a you know looking at the pullbacks, buying you know back when it pulls back. So you're looking at those retracements too. So it's it's kind of in there. I mean, it's a natural retracement strategy. So it kind of falls in that. So I'm not poo-pooing on Kenny's stuff at all. I'm saying it's kind of just like a retracement strategy there as well. You're looking at it pulling back. But this isn't a technical analysis show. This is an everything show. So yeah, right. we like to talk news too. So everything. I've been talking Everything's forever. incorporated. Yep. I, no, I, I just Sentiment. want to, Yeah, I, I just want to say, honestly, the, the last 20 minutes or so have been like, 20 of the best minutes of, of content that we've had all, all year, uh, I oh, think, on, on this show. Um, guys, just – and I say this a lot, but that was that was amazing, okay? If you got any value out of that – who's calling me right now? If you got any value out of that, hit the like button. Seriously, just do it. That was pure gold that Dennis and Joel just dropped. Everyone would love the pre-pre-market show because it, it – it, Dennis, he st- you can tell what's thinking – what he's going to do, and then I just set him up, and he just, boom, hits it out of the park on that one. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get him talking about transitory yet, though. Maybe we should do <laughs> That's something. the word of the day. we got to get into that. <laughs> I don't want to. We keep going on the earnings for a bit. We'll come to transitory and doggy coin pretty soon. <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked. What do we talk? We talked Google, Microsoft. You want to talk AMD? Sure. Yeah. All right. So they were also out last night. EPS beat, sales beat, guidance above estimates. Q2 sales guidance. Why think. would someone slam this down to 85 on that report? I don't think they did. Did they? Did it go yeah. down originally? Yeah. It closed at 85, though, Joel. Uh, 
What am I looking at here? I yeah, saw I don't, it. I, I, it went straight up from the report, pretty it much. It did? Pre, pre, it might have. I'm pretty sure. Like, it was Oh, well, you know it what? Went it went up, and then it went down, and then it came back up. Chopped a little bit. It, yep. it was pretty fast because I traded this one um, AMD. It ripped higher to three bucks and I maybe hesitated there for a second. I was like, oh, yeah. AMD's ripping. I immediately hit the Intel bid. I hit the Intel. I shorted Intel. Oh, evil Dennis shorting stocks again. Oh, INTC. Evil. I shorted, I think, 57, 80. I multiple spots. 85, 90. I, I'm immediately. And that's relationship based. I'm like, if they're going to buy the hell out of AMD, they're going to hit Intel. And it's down 50 cents. I'm already out of the trade, so I can just clean, clearly talk about it. Not talking my book at all because I'm already out of it. But this is what you do. I mean, this is relationship-based. AMD up, Intel down. Just, just basic market, just, just basic relationships. They are moving in opposite directions. They have been doing it for a while. They used to move together sometimes on the reports. They haven't been doing that for two years. AMD goes up, Intel goes down. Intel goes up, AMD goes down. That's just the way that they've been moving lately. So understanding those relationships. But yeah, AMD is back. It is. It is. It's a strong report. I mean, it had the support. It had it's a clean breakout here. Maybe let's look for ninety bucks here. The uh, pre market high eighty nine ninety, and then that high just over ninety at uh, ninety forty two. So keep an eye on that. Just another potential target on the upside could be some size there. We haven't been up near uh, ninety in a while. So that's what I'd be looking for on the upside. On the downside, it looked like uh, since 4 a.m., we have buyers at 88. So 88 to 90, currently trading at 88.77. I think the person who's calling me may have been our guest, Gil Morales, uh, who will be on with us in five minutes. With that, uh, Gil is awesome. Yeah, Gil, Gil, Gil is the man. Yeah. Uh, is he okay? Yeah, I, I think so. He emailed me. I gave him the wrong link. So, uh, yeah. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Gil, Gil's great. Uh, Gil's site is the virtue of selfishinvesting.com. He'll be on to five. And his his strategy is also fantastic. So, we'll talk to Gil in a few minutes. Gil's got right. some great strategies. Yeah. He actually is one of the people that looks at the charts different than the other six million people. <laughs> Him and Jeremy <laughs> Newsome have their own spins. And, they're, and they, they look at the charts because they say, oh, this is the textbook. So this is why it's going to go the opposite way. The cut through and rally, you know, Gil Morales, and that thing works, man. And that doesn't always work, you know, because then some people start playing it and then it stops working. But Gil's always ahead of it. Nobody knows the charts better than Gil. I love Gil's analysis. Coming up. All right. Let's talk. Oh, guys, I don't even know where you want to go. Where do you want to go? You want to go to, like, Starbucks? You want to go to Boeing, Spotify, Shopify? Holy macro. Yeah. Uh, let's just get, you know, let's stick with the tech. Stick with the tech, and, sure. and we'll go to Shopify here. Uh, they they were out this morning. Uh, EPS. Oh my God, is that is, is that number adjusted? Their EPS was two dollars and one cent versus a seventy three cent estimate. Is that right? Sales. Yeah, Shopify is just kicking buttons. Sales nine eighty eight versus eight sixty five million dollars. So a huge beat and a beat for the first. It, it's one of the worst sales that I've ever made. I'm so mad. I, I bought this stock and I, you know, I was on this show preaching this from $300 Canadian. I bought tech it company. at $300 and I said, I think it's eventually a thousand dollar stock. And I preached that and preached that and preached that last year for whatever reason I thought I could time it. I sold it at six fifty, 
And I was like, oh, it's going to pull back. And it actually did. I actually went short the stock and made 50 points. Remember that? I had the Shopify. Actually, I, I flipped it. I sold I out and I actually went short. I made money on it, but I didn't get back along. <laughs> so that's the problem when you sell these things. You pay the tax bill. And if you don't get your stock back, and Old here shop. I was preaching to a thousand. I never, I traded it in there, but I never put it back in the investment account. Huge mistake. Should never have sold my shares. Regret it. I'll regret that one forever. Shopify, awesome company. Uh, we hit twelve thirty uh, in the in the pre market and just kind of stalling here, but I just can't get this uh, this twelve fifty. Look at this area right here. Two highs here, one just under that. The retracements right there. Boom. I mean, that's what you want. You want to take back? Hasn't taken back half of this move yet. Get back over, hold twelve fifty, consolidate, maybe make a run at the all time high, but still hasn't got back half of that, uh, half of the losses from that big decline from uh, fifteen hundred to almost a thousand twelve fifty right there. You got to keep a keep a close eye on that one. If you get a retreat, you're trying to buy this thing on a pullback pair of highs. Let's see where are we at. We're at twelve eighteen. I don't think you're going to get a chance to see this at eleven seventy today, but. Maybe if one big seller comes in, that's the top of the range from two days. So that's what I'm giving you, folks. What about – I'm looking for, like, the biggest movers here. What about Pinterest, which is down – what is it? Down? Ooh, yeah. 10% this morning, give or take. Um, what is it? Uh, yeah, more, 11%, actually. Uh, they were out last night as well. Um, EPS beat, sales beat, didn't look into the report enough. You try to provide more context, but Kramer no. was saying some stuff, and I didn't read the report either. So just taking it from Mad Money last night, um, they take our content. We might as well take some of theirs too, but at least we credit them for it. Um, Could you say that faster? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, he, he was saying that they basically were saying you know, in this quarter that in, they they don't know if it's going to continue to, you know, be as good as it was. It was like a perfect scenario for them with, you know, growing the users with the lockdown. Um, so, and I, I get that too, you know, where, you know, Pinterest and a lot of these social media platforms have been operating in an environment where we're all sitting at home. We have nothing else to do. Let's go on Pinterest and just dream, you know, and, and look at these pictures of this and this and this and this, because we're sitting at home and we're bored. And now that we're coming out of, you know, if Ontario overcomes a lot of lockdown, but now that we're, we're coming we appear to be getting, you know, back not to normal yet, but on our way back to normal. That people are going to be out, getting out, doing different things. We're not to be sitting at home doing the, you know, mindless scroll that Gene Munster calls it as we just scroll through, you know, our Twitter feeds and our Pinterest feeds <laughs> and our Snapchats and the mindless scroll. There's going to be less of that. Pinterest kind of, you know, talked about that to a certain extent, I guess, in the report. Not the mindless scroll, none of that stuff. Confusing as Confusing. I, are you on? No, no, no. Have you been on their? Do you go on their site? Do you have their account? Never. My wife goes on it because this is where she got all the ideas for our house. I know. <laughs> she's I know. she's the she's the engineer behind the house, so she like looks at like a hundred. She pins a hundred pictures of hardwood floors. She picks, yep. pins a hundred pictures of stone. She picks a hundred pictures of you know whatever else you know. And now the prices have gone up. I don't want to do any of it, <laughs> but that's a whole other side story. But and we're, we obviously are still doing it because the bulldozer is coming. Uh, down eleven percent. I mean, the question is: is this was this environment as good as it gets for Pinterest? That's what I'm basically and and yeah, there's an argument to be made there for sure. And that's what Jim was arguing last night. And it's good points. Someone wants to sing around sixty eight. 
and they're not paying 69. They're not paying 69 and a half. They're just very patient here. Uh, they would, they were buying some stock above 69, got hit. Now they're just back in at the $68 area. So it's fine. I mean, if you want to take a shot off this thing, you know, it was buyers at 68. Maybe it's someone that just has some puts or something and they're just trying to lock it in and, you know, trade the stock from both sides. But man, oh man. And I'm not seeing much on the, uh, on the dailies here. Well, you know what? 67.53, 68.32. So this splits the lows from the 29th and 30th. I mean, if you want to look for more on the downside, uh, 66.82 would be the next low. But just just smart accumulate, you know, just sitting here on the bid, just taking yeah. it in not, and not chasing it. Someone wants, they don't care where it goes today. You know, they, I mean, they're, well, they care, but they have enough to buy and they're, and their area is 68. So that, there it is. Is this a Kathy stock, Spencer? Uh, Pinterest? Yeah. yeah. Does she own a bunch of Pinterest? Yeah. Well, you know she's going to be buying. She, <laughs> you're prob- probably a pretty good guess that she'll be buying Pinterest. So um, obviously the Kathy would. You know, people think, okay, well, she'll buy. So we'll see towards the end of the day if that has that any That could be Kathy out price. there right now. It could be. Kathy, she likes to buy. She loves to listen to the show. Buy the dip. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it looks like the last time she bought Pinterest – it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, I, I think, haven't called it pin I, I wouldn't be surprised if she buys some today. It, it's been like a month since she's bought Pinterest. All right. Anyway. She, she loves 11% dips. She right. loves buying the dip. Let's let's get our guest here uh, on now. Uh, he, he's extremely close to his camera, and I like it. Gil Morales. Oh, nice. <laughs> Gilmo Report. Gil. Oh, oh, there you are. Hey, Up close and personal. Up close. How you doing? I just want to send the love back to Dennis. I heard his comments earlier. I, and I love your discussion on the uh, – the effect of ETFs on the market. And it is real. It's true. I mean, that's what drives the market to a large extent. And that's why I posted my famous release the algos graphic on my Twitter page. So you guys might want to go check that out at Gilmore Report. I'm going to get it right now. We might show Guaranteed right to be entertaining. That's what I strive for. <laughs> uh, in any case. Us too. So what's going on? You know, it's like, uh, may the froth be with you. I hope it is. Uh, I don't know if you got any froth now because all the FOMO stuff blew up back in February. And some of it's <laughs> trying to come up off the lows like that. What's that? Microvision. You know, I'll tell you what ticks me off. I saw the undercut and rally on that puppy. It was like six days ago. I saw it right off the lows of that base. And the base is hanging above the prior base. And I thought Dennis made a great point about technicals. Yeah, the old stuff, it doesn't work. You have to think a little more creatively. You also have to think about context as well. That's very important. You know, some people want to say, oh, look, it's a cup with handle, and they get all what I call pattern happy, you know. But uh, that one posted an undercut and rally and a pocket pivot right at the lows at 12 bucks. Did and you draw I, that, Gil? Yeah, I did. I, I used to be a cartoonist, believe it or not. You can go on Amazon.com and find my old cartoon books. And I actually uh, was set to become the next Doonesbury right out of college. I published a book with Ballantine Books in New York, which I think has since been bought up, Random House. Wow. And uh, I was my my comic strip was being shopped around by the major syndicates, and it, it only got into thirteen newspapers to start out with. And the syndicates told me that wasn't good enough, so they canceled me. They they blew it off or blew me off. And the interesting thing is that Doonesbury, when he started, he started in nine newspapers. So you know, when they told me thirteen newspapers, I'm thinking, oh boy, you know, I hit the mother load. And at that point, though, the comic business had become pretty big, and the biggest aspect of it was the merchandising. You know. You get plush Garfield toys and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I started my life as a cartoonist. I actually 
uh, try to become a professional cartoonist. And then I realized uh, that wasn't working, became a graphic artist, then realized that graphic artists don't make money. And that's when <laughs> yeah. I got into this business where you can make a lot of money sitting on your butt in front of a computer, you know? Where else can you do that? What a great country, huh? Anyway, well, so he, he can draw. This guy that can was draw. incredible. I mean, I that know. Is, me and you with our art, we won't go into our art Yeah, but, but I can only draw that well after like two or three martinis. So I don't know why that is. So Gil, so the next question though is, is you, you're getting into the, the NFT game, obviously, right? I'm sorry, what's that? You're, you're getting the into NFT? the NFT? Yeah. Well, my, my partner, Chris Ketcher, is a, pretty much an expert in cryptocurrency and blockchain and of course nft kind of falls into that so i mean we think it's it's a uh, a key new technology i mean look at playboy group you know everybody's got a woody for that yeah, one don't they i don't even want to start with the puns on that one man. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even every time that was a good one my wife will tell you i have a very a very dirty mind so in any case <laughs> Um, it makes sense, though, with Playboy. I mean, I think that they're... Yeah, it does. But I, another one is huge. Funko. Look at Funko. You know, that one, I was talking about that one last November. I didn't know they were going to get into this NFT thing. I just love Funko because I'm a Funkophiliac. I, I hope that's not a dirty word. But essentially, at 7 bucks, it, it turned off the lows. You had a little undercut and rally and a shakeout down there in the base. And I think there's a couple of pocket pivots down around 7 bucks. This was last November. And look at yeah. the thing now. It's tripled. And it's hanging along the 10-day, 20-day. They're also an NFT play. But, you know, a lot of this is FOMO. And I think you have a big move like that MVIS the other day. You know, that, that thing went up from, what, 12 to 28, 30 bucks, something like that in five, six days. And now it's coming back the other way. So Yeah, uh, that, that one yesterday. FOMO in, FOMO out, you know. That's, uh, <laughs> and you play it. If you can play it, you know, you play it. You can do it, yeah. Really, I don't discriminate, you know, against stocks either way. You know, short Tesla – after the earnings, that's working and coming down a little bit more today. We'll see where that goes. Uh, great shorts two weeks ago in the Bitcoin miners when the uh, coin, Coinbase uh, IPO came out. And, and my, my uh, business partner, Dr. Ketcher, Chris Ketcher, he doesn't like Coinbase as an exchange. He thinks Binance is a superior exchange and that Coinbase is probably overvalued like that matters in this market. Uh, but he thinks it's more like $150 stock. So... We'll see where that goes, but I know Arc Lady keeps buying it. Arc it comes Lady. down, Arc she buys some more. I've never heard of comment. And it Arc comes Lady. down, and she buys some more. You know, and she, it's kind of like uh, watching a kid trade. You know, oh, it's down under ten bucks. <laughs> Let's buy it, and then we'll announce it. So the next morning, it gaps up ten bucks, and then it goes lower again. So we'll see where that goes, but. <laughs> You know, I mean, a lot of this is like what I saw in 2000, to be quite honest. I was just going to ask you that. Where are we in this cycle, Gil? Who knows? I don't know. You know, it's like 2000. I see a lot of parallels. I see in terms of the bubbles and in terms of the hot money managers who are now considered geniuses when they don't realize they just got lucky. You know, Gordon Gecko put it very well when he said a fool and his money are lucky enough to get together in the first place, right? And I think that's what happens. They don't realize it's just like 2000 and all these money managers – Keep kept buying these stocks coming down the dot coms because you know it's it's the future, and uh, they're disruptors. I guess that's a new word. If you can call something a disruptor, it's good for five hundred points, I guess, of upside. <laughs> but we're disruptors. Yeah, so we love you. And then you have the retail investors, who are just these sort of uh, taunting uh, schoolyard children, you know, and they all think they have these magical powers. I mean, I get it from time to time. You know, they come on my Twitter page, or some idiot will email me and you're a fraud and i told all my robin hood buddies about you it's like yeah sure whatever you know um i bought this house 
which is worth over a couple million with money I I made in the market. So I guess I am a fraud, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> you know, you can Gil's say real. You Gil I've is around, a real I've trader. I've been around the we sun 61 times, baby. So people like to say I've been around the block a few times. I've been around the sun 61 times. Um, feel better than I ever had. And, you know, I don't, I don't really care at this point. I'm just having fun. But if we can make some money, why not, you know? Uh, but where do you make money now? I think this market is mostly about swing yeah. trading. It's very tough. Uh, you even look at like uh, Google, which I still call Google too, Dennis. And yeah, I, I think the name Alphabet is kind of dumb, but whatever. Yeah. And I would, I would note, founded by guys from my alma mater, Stanford, the greatest school on the planet in the history of <laughs> mankind. Oh, Joel, uh, on that one. That's my Trump. You couldn't, Trump you couldn't get in Michigan. Uh, why would I want to get into Michigan? I think get. I if I got in there, I wouldn't. I would want to get out. Because of the weather, you went to Michigan. Eh, you know what? It doesn't really matter where you went to school. To be honest with you, it's what you and, learn when uh, you're out of school. It's what you do with what you learn. I know a lot of people went to Stanford and they didn't do anything. You know, some of them are dead because they kind of overdid it with the drugs and the alcohol. But uh, you know, that's what that's all about. So let's not get hung up on that. But essentially, this market to me is a swing trading market. You got to take the setups as they come, long or short. And there are enough, you know, to make some money, but it's hard. And you don't know whether you have something that's a one-day wonder trade or it's going to do something over four or five days like that microvision or what is the name of the company? I only know things by their symbols. You know, that's kind yeah, of the world I live in. MVIS. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Let's pull that chart up. I mean, yeah, you're making see. you're making such a good point here, though. And it has been, you know, we had a pretty easy time as a retail, you know, just you know, buying some of these stocks back in December, January, even, you know, you know, back to November where the stocks were going up and up and up. It seemed like forever. Now it's like they get a few days rally and then they get a few days sell off. Yeah, and we're and just kind of, it, it's been a lot harder to be like a trend follower following along here. You think, okay, yeah, we're turning around here. It's a breaking out and then it doesn't break out. It's been a trickier yeah. market here in the last month. Oh, definitely. And, and I think you have to be a little more creative. You know, and the other thing is you were pointing out with the chart reading and stuff. It is a little bit like tea leaves, but I think when you're looking at a chart, I was thinking about the book, uh, One Good Trade and Trade the Trader. You have to think about, okay, who else is looking at this chart? Yeah. What are they yeah. thinking? What are they doing? And you made that point that everybody's looking at charts. And that's why I don't think breakouts work anymore. That's why undercut and rally setups tend to work better. Although I've noticed some of them are not working as well lately. Like look at something like a MARA or a riot. Those are stocks that were shorts exactly two weeks ago. And I tweeted about them. You know, and then, of course, here comes the Robin Hood crowd. You know, oh, see you at 100,000. It's like, well, maybe. But, you know, first thing I'm going to play this thing on the downside for 40 bucks because the idea is these stocks will go higher if Bitcoin goes to 100,000. And Bitcoin, I also tweeted, was probably a short just above 60 because it looked a bit too obvious. And that was a breakout. So everybody sees all the, you know, sees a breakout in Bitcoin. But I'm looking at it a different way because I'm thinking about, okay, what is everybody else thinking here? Mm -hmm. Where has this thing been? Where did we first buy, buy, start buying this thing, which is around 3000 or so a while ago? And then the GBTC around 10 bucks, I think, back in November. So at this point, you know, this is stale stuff to us. And But everybody else getting excited. I listened to the, the goofballs on Fox Business News talking about, it. oh, oh no, we're going to get the pullback and I can buy it finally. It's like, now? I mean, if all these people suddenly want to buy it and everybody else is convinced it's going to 100000 I tend to think it's going to fake people out first. It may get there, and I'm not biased, you know, against it and think, you know, it's it's a fraud or whatever. It will do what it's going to do, and it's a great trading vehicle. But you could kind of put one and one and one together, and see what was going on. You had all the hype on Coinbase, which my 
partner Chris Catcher says is kind of a little more hype than anything else at these prices. And you can see that the failure in uh, stocks like Mar and Riot, which had already climaxed back, especially Riot, back in February. If you look at the chart. Yeah, and so, crazy. you know, you put that together, they triggered on my 620 charts that day reverse. They're down 40% in five days. If you can get something like that in this market, then that's what you wait for. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of chipping away at stuff. And, you know, the Google move this morning is nice, but it's really only 5%. Microsoft down. Uh, what else? Shopify, that's a better move. What is it, like 6 7 8%? Uh, AMD yeah. is up a couple of percent. I'm looking at... Uh, Tesla's do you like to trade stocks on earnings days? Or do you actually, like to trade them earnings season is my favorite season of the year, and it comes four times a year, which makes it even more exciting. Uh, and yeah, you get a lot of high velocity, high time value price movement that you can trade. And when you have an environment like you do right now, where things are mostly trendless, right? Then that's what you look for, and those are catalysts. And so if I'm if I'm looking for earnings as a catalyst, I'm also looking for hypey news events like the Coinbase IPO, which was a catalyst. For a short, as it turned out, could have been a catalyst for a long, but that's not how it worked out. And I just play it, you know, as it lies. I try to clear my head. You know, we, we meditate every day, um, you know, and get our head cleared out and just look at the charts, play the charts as they lie, as I like to say. It's a golf term. Uh, Is there any, and, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Is there any, uh, any potential shorts out there you're looking at? Well, the problem right now, Joel, is that you, a lot of stocks are going to report earnings. So I'm looking at the things that haven't reported earnings. If you look at Disney, Disney was a short at the 50-day last week. It stalled there a couple of times. And now you're down below the 10-day and the 20-day. Yesterday and the day before, you tried to rally into the 20-day line, and you stalled. And so that looks like a potential you know, follow-on short if you entered up near 189.29 at the 50-day line. But you know, it's not how much are you really going to make here? Is it going to be high velocity? So a lot of stuff is really, uh, you know, you're just humping it and, and you feel like sometimes it's not just not doing anything. And that's the way this market is. And I tell people, look, if you're having trouble and you feel like the market is just tough and you're, you know, trying to walk through mud, then just stay out. You know, that's okay. You don't have to come up with a stock idea every day. You know, I like to come up with some, but sometimes I'm pushing it, you know, and uh, I'll end up losing money on a day when I should probably should have been doing nothing. Know, but I'm kind of manic, you know, at this point in my career, it doesn't matter if I make money or lose money. So I'm just having fun. And I think that helps me stay objective as well, because I don't really have, uh, I think people get a little nutty when, you know, when money's on the line, it can affect your psychology. So, which reminds me, there's a great book. I think everyone should read it's, it. It was published in uh, 2012, I think. And it's, I think it's called the hour between the dog and the wolf. And, and the guy actually studied your chemical, your body chemical reaction, serotonin, adrenaline, et cetera, testosterone, and how that affects your trading. And I think to develop an awareness of how your body's feeling and the, and the chemicals coursing through it that might make you do stupid things uh, is useful knowledge. I, I find myself, okay, if I catch something like a riot and you make 40% in four or five days, the adrenaline's just, you know, flowing everywhere. Serotonin is everywhere. And I'm just, uh, you know, going nuts. I'm excited, you know, and I want to just start shorting everything and then I'll do something stupid. And so if you start to recognize your own physiology, I think to some extent that's helpful. And for me, that's kind of the next level in terms of understanding myself as a trader and understanding the markets as a trader and how the markets can affect your psychology on a biochemical or physiological basis. Very interesting stuff. Book I highly re recommend. 
Uh, you can follow more of Gil's stuff. He's on Twitter. By the way, I, I love this. Uh, Gil uh, has 11,000 followers and is following nobody. <laughs> well, I, because, uh, you know, I don't want to be biased or be influenced by anybody else. But there are some good people out there. Don't, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good people. And if I was not who I am, which is the amazing Gilmo, right? Uh, I, there's a number of people. Yeah, that's all BS. Don't, don't fall for that one. Uh, it's like... I told my wife the other day, you know, hey, I've got 10,800 followers on Twitter. And she's like, yeah, well, they don't know you like I do. Here, take out the garbage. <laughs> then it probably knows how that, that one goes. And so, but, but think about that. Your wife can be a grounding force for you. So as I say, you know, be grateful for the grounding forces in your life because it'll keep you from walking over the edge sometimes. And a good wife, a good partner in life is, is definitely a big asset in that regard. So you can what was the question? No, I was just talking about your Twitter. You can learn more. Uh, read Gil's on it. You can it's read good, Gil. And so, just, just let you know, it's uh, it's what? Uh, three hours difference, right? Six o'clock in the morning yeah. out there. I mean, I'd hate yeah, to but, see this. Like noon, man. You just yeah, must but I be wake up, firing. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, and I can't go back to sleep. And at I my know. age, I guess, I, I don't need to sleep. But, you know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> so I just let's get up and have some fun. And that's really what it's all about. When it's no longer fun. Then I'll stop. But right now I'm having a ball, and we live in wild times. I mean, to be able to sit in the middle of it, right, you guys, and, and just see all this stuff swirling around you every day, it's it's pretty interesting. And I think you have to embrace it, you know, as what it is and enjoy it and have a good time, you know. Maybe not worry so much about whether the market's your friend or not, you know, because I don't know if it's many people's friend. And, and we may wake up one day and see that you've got 10 Archegos out there. You guys remember Archegos, right? Oh, yeah. And they're all, you know, 20 to 1 leverage, and it's all going to get unwound in two days, and it's going to be a brutal downside break. And, and my tendency is to think that when this thing finally does top, that's how it's going to top. It's going to pull the rug out on everybody. And so if I'm long anything, I've always got a little UVXY position back there in the sort of superstitious belief that it will hedge me. So we'll see how that all works out. All right. Anyways. Gil, you can read more of Gil's stuff, selfishinvesting.com. Uh, and GilmoReport.com. And com. That's right. He's on Twitter at GilmoReport. Gil, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. You, uh, you, My pleasure. You, you brought some character to the show today. So, so thank, thank you. you. Well, you guys do a pretty good job yourself. I love you guys. I think you have a great show. Everybody should watch it as far as thank I'm concerned. Thanks, Gil. All thank right. Thanks, Gil. Peace Talk out. to you soon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun to talk to him. Oh yeah, really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, wow. Someone is a good at sense of humor is me. I mean, you know, it's hard to come across. <laughs> uh, his, he's his funny. Oh yeah, he's good come today. Down. He's on a roll, man. Arc lady. I think I'm gonna call her Arc lady. I like that. Arc lady. His comeback. His comeback to Joel's Michigan thing was 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 top tier. Um, yeah, let's talk. We mentioned uh, MVIS. Let's just pull up the chart there for a second. Because did... I saw so many people trying to buy this thing yesterday. And uh, Dennis, is it, was there an easy borrow on this one? Did you trade this yesterday? Because mm. you had the. I doubt the borrow is easy. It was high. Yeah. high they're, they're probably not an easy borrow. I go what time right do you think this thing peaked? And uh, of, all, of all, you know. Of all the times, the, the highest price, when do you think that was made going from the 4 a.m. open to the close? Probably 4 a.m. Yeah. And the, and the bar be up. It opened right, up right at 4 a.m. 31.01, then it hit 31.14. Yeah. And that was between, I, I just looked at it on the 60 minute, but I looked at it yesterday and on the shorter term. And boom, right there. 
then it just and this is the start of the regular session. And I saw so many people, oh, I'll buy it at twenty-four. Uh yeah, I'm buying it at twenty-three. I'll buy it at twenty-two. You think it's already topped out, yeah. Well, yeah, today, like today is gonna be an interesting day because uh, almost matching ranges on the day session. Mm. There's a lot of people like, oh man, if this gets back to twenty-three, oh, I'm out. So if you're expecting a rip back up, double top. Uh, twenty nine or twenty seven eighty twenty eight. Yeah, trouble getting there. You're ready, guys. You got some work to do, buddy. Get out there and bid this thing because yeah. there's gonna be some offers out there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have an ugly candle like that. You now have people caught people who were buying yesterday, so you get the little relief pop. Kramer was talking about it last night. Actually, it was down, and then Kramer tweeted out, um, basically that he was going to be talking about MVIS on Mad Money. And the stock popped a buck and a half in seconds after that tweet. It's yeah, amazing okay. what, a, what a tweet can do. He talked about it a bit last night, but he didn't really make a call either direction. He was just saying, you know, it's at high short interest. So, you know, there's a potential for a squeeze, which is what we were seeing. Um, you know, and obviously Reddit name. So it's very influenced by Reddit, very influenced by social media, which we saw just from one Jim Cramer tweet last night. Tough stock to trade. This is, you know, almost filled the gap too. It almost yeah. filled the gap because it had a 1914 high, and then on uh, Monday 1975, and then yesterday they hit it. It got within a nickel of that gap. So I mean, if you're, you know, if you're still super bullish, this thing you got a pair of lows at, uh, you know, just let's call it 1940. That's the level. Just after that, you know, what happens if you get into that other bar? You know, you get into that bar from Friday. You're gonna sit on this thing till fifteen? I don't know, but uh, we'll see. I don't think some... it'll get straight down to fifteen because nah. you have people nope. who are the other way. Um, I think it kind of did what it wanted. It, it shook out pretty good yesterday. I would just say yesterday's low is critical, nineteen nineteen. Yep. Remember the undercut and rally? The girl Morales just talked about too. Sometimes you see, you know, you're under. It gets just slightly below yesterday's low, and people are like, oh, it's making new lows from yesterday, and then they sell, and then they turn around and rip it. So, I mean. This is a tough one, though. This thing's wild. It's yeah, social media influenced. You know, somebody could say something and then pop it. We have we have the Kramer pop going right now, literally still from last night. The Kramer bounce back. It's up 10% because Jim Kramer gave it a little love on Twitter. So um, it's tough to trade these ones. They're so influenced by social media. I didn't, right. I didn't realize MVIS uh, in, in 2000 was $500. Oh, this was the stock from then. I didn't even know it was back then either. Yeah. Yeah, you go back. Yeah. To uh, the buy, the buy. So you just think about that. We keep giving examples like that. People think that only stocks go up, and there was a lot of stocks that never came back. Here's another one from the year 2000. If you want to scroll all the way back, I guess we're not going quite far enough because 2010. There, Joel's going farther. But just to give you a perspective, you know, and you're buying in bubbles. Sometimes you just no, actually you were doing it, and then I'm doing it, and then I know, I know, just like when my mouse is acting funky here, I'll get it. Okay, Joel. Uh, what do they do? What do they do? It, it's lidar. So they actually did have news. Uh, I don't think the news is is uh, matters so much for the movement of the stock as people might think it in might. But uh, that they they had a headline this morning that they completed the development of their ace of their. So basically, what they do is lidar, right? Lidar sensors, and they completed the development of their long range uh, uh, sensor hardware, basically. Uh, so now they have to sell it, I guess, 
Um, but so that was the PR that was out this morning on MVIS. But more interested in the the round trip it, it made in the last two days than I am in that headline. Um, what about Tesla here? I knew you were going to say, yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, Gordon Johnson uh, noted this morning. So th- there was a 10Q out overnight. Gordon Johnson, uh, longtime friend of the show, noted that they added a new disclosure that they may never uh, achieve um, full self-driving. Uh, also, they disclosed that the EPA had hit them up saying, hey, you guys didn't comply with some regulations. So they're they're talking to the EPA about that. By the way, if, you, if you've never read the um, – uh, if you've never checked out like like a Tesla 10Q, they are by far the most interesting 10Qs. Like, I- like not- I, I, got, I didn't give you props on this tweet, but I tweeted out what you told me on the pre-pre-market show, so I'm going to give you props right now. Spencer Israel found this in the 10Q, which is just... But, but, <laughs> I, but I don't know if this is new. It might not be new. It might not be new, but it's fun to read. It says, we are highly dependent on the services of Elon Musk, techno king of Tesla. He <laughs> calls himself techno king well, of yeah, Tesla. That That's is- ridiculous in itself. Well, the, it almost is- seems like a joke in there when he calls himself techno king of Tesla. Well, and our is- chief... Yeah, I mean that that's not new, but what like Techno King? Yeah, that that's not new. Um, the company calls him Techno King. Oh, he calls himself that. That's his official job title. Okay, wait. We are highly dependent on the services of Elon Musk. Um, although Mr. Musk spends significant time with Tesla and is highly active in our management, he does not devote his full time and attention to Tesla. Obviously, he does SpaceX and ten thousand other things. He does and Saturday Night Live. Right, right. But I, I don't know. I just like never. Seen a company been like maybe this isn't new, but I, I saw it today for the first time. And I was like, damn, they they're like, yeah, without Elon, we're we're in trouble. We're, they're in trouble. So. They're just saying he's doing a lot of other things, and maybe you know he doesn't give us much attention as he should. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. And, and you know that's a risk if he decides that oh this is more interesting than Tesla, and we know he's all about interesting. SpaceX is pretty interesting company that might be a little less attention. What that. do you think? Did it go up off earnings here? Now back under seven hundred. I, I, man, oh man, that just not a good. I think the only thing that's going to save this would be like an Adam, Adam Jonas. Uh, best case scenario nine fifty. Worst case scenario three fifty. You know, so I've got a analyst coming in and, and uh, doing this because it it turned and earnings are very important fundamental. I I don't know. Not li- not liking the chart. Not liking the pre market trading. Well, I had a nice rally. I mean, you yeah, you, it did. You, you got rally. slammed from nine hundred down to five fifty, and you know it started coming back. It's hard for them once they start getting up. We talked about it. Seven fifty eight hundred is going to start thickening up. So the path of least resistance starts to look lower again. And we tried multiple times to get over seven fifty. Oh, getting over. Oh, getting over. Oh, getting over. I can't get over. And we're <laughs> rolling over now. So, I mean, now it starts to roll over. Now you think, okay, there's people caught. There's people caught in this again. Everybody who bought this in the last two weeks is now caught in it again. So you have new bag holders, what I was talking about on the show yesterday. This is how the tech bubble burst was. It created a, there was a lot of bag holders who originally bought in February, you know, January, February, March, you know, of 2000. And then we got hit hard in March of 2000. And then we came back in the summer and everybody's like, oh, we're going to go make new highs. Oh, no, we just created a whole bunch more bag holders to take us further lower. And I do believe that you're going to see this. I don't know if Tesla's a stock, but Tesla fits the bill. I mean, it's a storied stock. Story has carried this for a long time. Evaluation's the same. So, I mean, it fits the, the script from one of those stocks where the bubble has already burst. 
And, you know, I've tried to call the top on this before and it's difficult to do, but, you know, that 900 is going to be trouble to get back there. Is it reasonable to think that Tesla could get back to 900? Maybe if the story gets hot again, but competition coming. We've talked about all these things. Valuation's crazy. And yep. you've got stuff in the tent. He's, he does a lot of things. I mean, we've talked about this before too. Elon Musk is a, is a SpaceX is Way, I think it's way cooler than Tesla, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and, and he's all about, you know, Mars. I want to die on Mars, he said. So he, there's going to be a lot of his focus in the future is definitely still going to be on SpaceX and maybe the majority of his focus. So that's a concern, too. So I just don't think, you know, this Tesla $3,000 Arc Lady target, um, I, I don't know if it's, you know, the first one she hit. But, you know, like you always said, did she get lucky or was it skilled? You know, did she, was it the perfect storm where it was a, a hated stock shorted by everyone in the world? And that really drove it. I mean, it started as a short squeeze, the Tesla, and then the story just carried it. And then we've gotten the EV, and EV's going, yes. going, going. I mean, it, the next the next run from 700 to 3,000, I don't think is going to be nearly as easy because, one, the short interest is now very low. You have, you know, the Einhorns and everyone who said the valuation's nuts got run over on it. Um, it's not going to be as easy going up now. It's not easy sledding. So I actually think this path of least resistance for Tesla is lower. Now, a day like this is, you know, when it just lost 60 points in two days, is not the day to go short. You got to sell. If you think if you have a thesis that you think a stock is going lower, you're selling into reps. You're not selling into dips. So, you know, people will say, you know, bounce to 710 tomorrow, and they'll say, oh, you're an idiot and you were wrong. I'm saying that, you know, from a longer-term perspective, I'd be a seller of rips on Tesla, not selling it 10 points in the hole today. I don't know. It might continue to go lower, but I'm looking at opportunities to sell short on rips. What day was that added to the S&P? Do you remember? Because uh, it had the split, then it had the add to the S&P. It was 695 I think, was the closing price that day, though. So we were right uh, here at S&P ad price. Okay, interesting. But I'm even, you know. Was, and, uh, I, I guess I bought Tesla. I own a pile of spy. I guess I bought Tesla at 695 I think it was December 20th. December 20th, I think. So this is a big, uh, big reference area. Or, I mean, or, I think more – I mean – and a lot of times people are like, oh, is it going to 3,000? Oh, is it going to 500? This thing could just grind. You could grind, yeah, you know, it it's 700 to yeah. 750. Now maybe a grind 650 to 700, you know, and then, I mean, until it takes out this uh, monthly low, right? It's six at 540. I mean, that, wow, did it get down there? Yeah, 540. So that's a ways down there, but I don't think, no. You know, just trading range. Stocks can be in trading ranges. They don't have to always break out or break down. All right, Spencer, 905. We're keeping you late. I mean, somehow we didn't cover nearly as many. Boeing. We didn't cover Boeing. As we would have liked to. Uh, I'm going to run through a few of them now, and, and we'll cover more throughout the day, I'm sure. But, uh, guys, go ahead and uh, smash a like for Dennis, for Joel. For Gil Morales, uh, fantastic, fantastic stuff. We do have clips already up on the Benzinga Clips YouTube channel, so check it out there. It's Benzinga Clips on YouTube. It's where we're going posting all of our highlights from all of our shows, this one included. Check it out. Um, all right, guys. Uh, Quick imbalance look for you because yeah. we should start doing that because this is stuff that actually does move price. The imbalances in the morning, not enough people look at them. Um, and they should because they do influence price. Uh, you got a lot of buy imbalances in some of the pharmaceutical stocks. Merck, 81000 to buy. Pfizer, 87000 to buy. AT&T, 200000 to buy. Kramer gave love. Last night, he ran a segment on dividend stocks and saying, you know, with the new Biden taxing, that dividend stocks might come back into favor. 
Um, and all those stocks were on there. So it's, it's curious that I'm seeing buy and bounces in all those stocks that he was featuring last night. So obviously some people listening to Jim on Mad Money. Um, 285000 to sell in General Electric. I don't even know if we talked about its earnings yesterday. We did. Ford, which was another one that Jim Cramer gave love to last night. 338000 to buy. Definitely seeing love in the Jim Cramer mentions last night. Nike, 66000 to buy. Um, that's the bulk of it. Boeing, 33000 to sell. Just saying that because of reported earnings. Just to give you a feel. It yeah. is looking lower this morning. Ford has earnings tonight. Don't forget. Also, don't forget. We didn't even mention this. We didn't even get to it. The Fed meeting today. Two oh my dogs. goodness! Transitory is Dennis's word of the day. Transitory is the word. We didn't of the even day. get to your transitory rant. Dennis. Transitory is the word of the day, and uh, somebody was saying every time they say transitory, you got to drink. Uh, so we know inflation's there, and they're going to say it's temporary. They're going to use transitory. It's okay. We don't have to raise rates because inflation is transitory. transitory. Sure, Jerome, keep feeding us the Kool Aid. We'll drink it. Oh yeah, and order more. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh yeah, Souza says these clowns are fantastic and real. Thank you, Souza. We are fantastic and real clowns. All right, Joel, Dennis, I'll see you guys later, uh, and I'm going to hang out here, and I have a couple of housekeeping items to to address. Uh, we are doing live trading again at the open uh, with David Green. We did it yesterday. We got some great feedback, so we're doing it again today. We said, David, people loved it. They want more. He said, "Okay, I'll do it again." I wasn't. I wasn't sure if he was gonna, but but I, truthfully, I I didn't know. Um, I, I still don't really know how how often he wants to do this, but he's gonna do it today again. So from nine twenty five till ten thirty, give or take uh, a few minutes, David Green will be live trading right here on this channel. If you missed it yesterday, uh, they they made some uh, great trades in. Oh God, I'm I'm blanking on on uh on on what they traded yesterday. Now, uh, let me see if I can go back and remember. Uh, they traded, oh man, uh, and Novavax was a big one yesterday. They traded Novavax. Uh, they looked at DMTK. They look at looked at Moderna. They look at DraftKings. They looked at um, uh, Disney. They looked at uh, MVIS yesterday. They looked at Roku, AMC. So that'll be happening in a few minutes here, uh, live trading. This video, this stream is going to end, and it'll redirect automatically to that stream. It might, there might be a gap. Like I might end this before nine thirty or nine twenty-five when Dennis, when when David starts. Um, but it'll, it should redirect straight to to that. So you just pull it up and wait for it to start. Um, so that's happening at nine thirty today. We are going to stick with with the same thing as we did yesterday, which is Spax attack at eleven power hour from 12 to 1 get technical with neil after that from 1 to 2 uh so that's the plan uh it's going to be our new plan uh for uh for now you know we're always always experimenting always trying new things a uh, couple of things on the um uh on the housekeeping announcements front the at the banner is up there on the screen uh enter the code youtube20 if you go to pro.benzinga.com that code, YouTube20, will get you 20% off 
any Benzinga Pro subscription. There's also a free two-week trial if you want that. That that, that works too. Uh, but Pro is what we use here. It, it's what Dennis uses for his news. It's what our news desk is obviously posting to. Uh, it is a fantastic news and research tool. Uh, I, if you are in need of uh, more, you want like a walkthrough, you can always just email onboarding at uh, at Benzinga.com and that goes to our, our onboarding team and they can help you out there. But again, pro.benzinga.com code YouTube 20 will get you 20% off. If you have your own following on wherever the internet, the World Wide web, uh, you want to become an affiliate for Benzinga pro, meaning you get paid for sending us subscribers. You can do that. The URL to do that is it's up on the screen. Benzinga dot partnerstack.com sign up to be an affiliate you will get 30 percent of every new subscription that you use basically free money for you um every new sub that you send our way if you haven't already subscribe to this channel we are only a couple people away from 100,000 subs we do have a special plan for when we hit 100,000 subs i'm not going to re- reveal what that plan is but it involves making a mess. It involves our CEO Jason Resnick. Um, I don't know when we're going to hit 100,000 subscribers. I hope it's I hope it's this week. Uh, we're a little over 90k right now. So get us to that 100,000 hurdle, and you will see what we have in store. Uh, very excited for that. Jason does not even know what I'm talking about, which is which is great. So subscribe to Benzinga on YouTube. Subscribe to Benzinga Clips if you want just highlights of our of our stuff which we're also posting to twitter uh and across these social webs uh so check out those two channels um what else did i want to say oh i want yeah interviews thank you mitch uh, a couple interviews we Spax attack has a good one today they're talking to the uh ceo and cfo of ati there we go physical that's the company that is merging with faii that's the SPAC. Ticker FAII, uh, ATI Physical Therapy is the company. The CEO and CFO will be on at eleven fifteen Eastern Time today on SPACs Attack. So check that out. Um, I think that was it. I think that was it that I had. I know. I know we didn't cover more earnings. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I really do try, but you guys know how it's hard with those two. It's hard for me to like corral them. Um, which is, which is fine. Um, we, we didn't, we didn't talk about Boeing. We didn't talk about Spotify. We didn't talk about Starbucks or Amgen. Um, we didn't talk about Apple or Facebook tonight. That's okay. Uh, we will cover more throughout the day just to, again, bring up that, um, that schedule, uh, on, on the earnings front. So you can see tonight, eBay, Apple, Facebook, Grubhub, Qualcomm Ford is tonight. Um, we'll cover as many of them as we can. As many of them as we can. Tonight and tomorrow morning is the top of the earnings season, essentially, in terms of quantity. There are, uh, I think, uh, I pulled up the, the stat uh, a couple of days ago. There is like over 300 companies reporting in this one overnight from tonight to tomorrow morning. There's over 340 companies reporting. So it's it. This is like the top of the earnings season as far as quantity. Um, so we got a lot to discuss. We'll try to cover as many of them as we can. I know we didn't even get the ticker time. I'm sorry. Uh, we did breach the 50% like threshold, uh, which is my bogey every day. We're at 800 likes, 
and we're at we peaked uh we're right now we're at 1400 concurrence uh so that thank you very much for that i'm sorry we didn't we didn't get to ticker time we'll do more tickers uh throughout today but also at the at the close show which starts at 3 30 maybe i'll start a few minutes earlier and we'll do ticker time there um but uh thank you matt email appreciate that uh everyone smash like if you haven't already i'm gonna hop and as i said we're going to go live with David Green in about 10 minutes. He's going to be trading. He's not really going to be taking like tickers from the chat. It's not really like that kind of a show. Uh, so if you have a ticker you want him to look at, maybe he'll like discuss it at the end. But he's just locked in on on what he's doing and what the people in his room are doing. And, uh, that, and you can just watch him do it. Now, on the David Green front, we got a lot of emails yesterday asking for the discount code for his trading course. We have that set up. They would talk about it. Uh, we got, I think like 55 emails about that yesterday. So I'm going to let David and producer AB just handle that uh, and tell you the details whenever, when that stream starts in, in 10 minutes here, but there is a code set up to get a discount to David Green's uh, trading course. That's wall street uh, global trading Academy. So, Stay tuned for more info on that. Uh, reminder: Fed meeting two o'clock. Don't forget, could be market moving, could be nothing. Burger. I don't know. How, I don't. I don't know. No idea. Okay, that's a wrap for me. I'm done now. Uh, I will see you later on in the stream. I'm sure. Not going to be a stranger, but I'm going to hop, and I'll be tuning into David Green in about ten minutes. Everyone have a good rest of your morning. Have a good open. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.